Welcome back to Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider, the best place in Minnesota to figure out what's really happening and what is really going to happen because Jeff has sat in the hot seat before. He's dealt with salary cap issues and roster building before. He knows how all of this stuff works. I educate myself by talking to Jeff every week here at TalkNorth.com. You know the drill. If you like the show, please subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. If you like any other shows, including the Viking Update show at TalkNorth.com, subscribe to those as well. Thanks to our sponsors, White Bear Lake Superstore and Platinum Bank. We are coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studios, and uh, we appreciate you listening. Thanks very much. Jeff, let us start here. Uh, I know fans sometimes are confused by the salary cap because it doesn't really make logical sense, and I think they're constantly worried that the Vikings aren't going to be able to afford players. And as you've explained many times, there are ways around this. You you know it. Rob Brzezinski and the Vikings know it. And now the salary cap is going to increase. What does that mean for the Vikings? It, it, well, first of all, it, it's a record increase. Yes. Of, of $30.6 million. Last year it was two, $224.8 This year it's $255.4 which is just an incredible bump in the salary cap. And I think that the big news with the cap increases is that it's it's 10 million dollars more than than what the clubs and the gms were expecting to get they were, they thought it would come in at 245 and it comes in at 255 which means for a team like the vikings that when they had about 28 and a half million dollars of cap room projected now they've got 38 and a half million dollars of cap room which is the 14th most in the league which is, which is good for them because in the past, oftentimes they've been actually over the cap and trying to get under the cap by the start of free agency, start of the new league year. So they're in a, a really good situation this year, and which is good timing when you've got two major free agents that you're facing that you can't give the franchise tag to, talking about Kirk Cousins and Daniil Hunter uh, because of their contract clauses. And, and we've talked before about Jefferson's extension, but, but that's, a, that's a contract that actually will free up money under the cap and, and could save them as much as $10 million in cap money by knocking his fifth-year option number this year, which was $19.7 million. They can get that down with a new contract. So Jefferson will help their cap once they get the deal done, and I think it behooves Quasi Adolfo Menza to get it done as quick as possible. And also, Cousins' contract, as we've talked before, if he signs elsewhere, they get hit with $28.5 million of dead money, whereas if he does a new deal with the Vikings for two or three years, they can get his cap number down from that 28.5, which can help them get Hunter signed and, and also some of their other key potential free agents, such as DJ Wanham, Jordan Hicks, Dalton Reisner, K.J. Osborne, I don't know that they're going to make a big effort on K.J. I think that he had a kind of a subpar year for him last year, and I, and I think that they like Jalen Naylor as a potential number three. Uh, but we'll see. Maybe they want to bring K.J. back. Bullard was a starter at defensive end. They've got some depth players like Johnny Munt and Brandon Powell. Cam Akers, perhaps, a running back. They have to resign Greg Joseph. So there's a lot on the to-do plate for Kwesi, but now he's got – essentially $10 million more than he thought he'd have to work with. And so that's the good news. And, and Jim, I got to say, 
that I, I'm a little envious of, of today's GMs <laughs> because I, I dealt in the era of the salary cap when it first came into existence back in 1994. The cap was $32 million. Think about that. Oh, my God. <laughs> and we would get basically a $1 to $2 million increase every year. And, and so I was always under pressure to free up money, and, and I'd have to approach players on pay cuts. It was so difficult. I would have loved to have a cap increase of $30 million to work with, such as Quasi and Rob now have with the Vikings, and be able to, to, to re-sign players and, and go into free agency and get some more help at, at, that they need a cornerback, for example, with a veteran corner. So, and, and perhaps maybe on the offensive line, maybe on the interior defensive line. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very envious of today's GMs. And furthermore, you look at the cap and what's happened, as I said, $32 million in 1994 had increased to $133 million by 2014, 20 years later. And now it's almost doubled in the last 10 years. So it's just, it just shows how the NFL is growing revenue by leaps and bounds. And it's kind of funny because I, I think about, for example, some of the naysayers, and, and I'm talking specifically about Mark Cuban, who, as you recall, he, he said a couple of years ago, he predicted the downfall of the NFL. Actually, I think this was 10 years ago. He predicted the downfall of the NFL because he claimed that the NFL had overexposure on TV. He called them a fat hog that was about to be slaughtered. And, and the concussion issue was going at that time. Well, since then, the NFL popularity has boomed record TV ratings, sold out stadiums almost around the, the, the country. And then, by the way, a year ago, Cuban backtracked and said, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're all wrong sometimes. I appreciate it when we, uh, the, those who admit it. I, I will also say this. I think Cuban was always wrong about the NFL being overexposed. I think... The NFL is the perfect uh, sports entertainment vehicle once a week. Plenty of time to uh, to you know build up anticipation. Plenty of time to rehash. Plenty of time to get your optimism up every week. A uh, limited amount of games just gets makes every game a big event. I think where he might have been right was if the NFL hadn't gotten ahead of head injuries and dealing with them in a responsible responsible manner. This, the sport might have been in danger. I do think the NFL has come a long way in in dealing properly with head injuries and player safety. Yeah, I think that's that's really true. And and he was more focused on overexposure because that right. was about the time that Thursday Thursday night football came in. Right. And and so that's where I, I think he he didn't like <laughs> that the NFL was starting to impede on the NBA and and their weeknight games and all that. So he he had a vested interest in what he was saying, but. But certainly, the league itself is as popular as ever, and and we we just saw a record Super Bowl rating, which I guess Taylor Swift can take a little credit for that. But I think the Chiefs and the 49ers take a lot more credit. Yeah, no doubt. I'm I'm sure Taylor had some influence, but the league was doing fine before Taylor, and she only you know hey she added, uh, but the it would have been fine without her as well. And that's not a shot at Taylor Swift. I love Taylor Swift, but uh, the league is the league has been on a a rocket ship trajectory for a long time now. Yeah, that, and that's all definitely true. All right, so now that uh, we know that they have more money to spend, uh, what do you think their free agent philosophy is? What do you think their free agent philosophy should be? 
Well, I, I think that obviously they have to focus on getting some of those key guys signed. But in terms of, of looking at outside free agents, which the Vikings and all the all the NFL teams are are getting their ducks in order on, on what what players they want to approach. And, and with the combine this week, that, that's kind of the start of the free agent frenzy, shall we say, even though the actual legal tampering period doesn't start until March 11th. But for all intents and purposes, it starts this week in Indianapolis at the combine where all the agents are, the GMs are, and they're talking with, with, with the, with the GMs and agents are having conversations about, about potential free agent signings or they may not be putting offers out yet, but they may be talking parameters and, which is why it's kind of it's kind of ridiculous. The league says, "Oh, you can't do this legal tampering until March 11th." Well, it's going on now. Yep. And so, for me, as a GM and as a team president, I always tried to prioritize first of all re-signing our own players, extending our own players before they ever hit free agency, because all it took was one one team to go after a player, and and I had to deal with that a lot of times, especially with with some star players. John Randall was a big, big example where I tried to extend him back in 1998 and, and he wanted to hit free agency. He wanted to test the market, which may be the philosophy of Neil Hunter this year, even if the Vikings put a really strong offer in that 25 to 27 million a year range, Daniil may just say, Hey, I I've, haven't been a free agent. I want to see what, what these teams are talking about. So, but again, his agent, if, if he's at the combine, they can, they can, test the waters this week and, and just see what teams are thinking about Daniil with that injury history, even though he's been healthy the last couple of years. But so I had to deal with uh, those situations. I tried to extend players, but in terms of outside free agents, I always tried to target players in their mid thirties who were coming out of their rookie contracts, tried to avoid signing older players, 30 plus except quarterbacks who had been able to stay mostly healthy but I just think the mid-20 players are, are hitting their prime. They're less of an injury risk than older players. And, and there are several examples of some really good signings last year. Jesse Bates, the Atlanta Falcons safety, uh, signed a deal and be, went on to be a Pro Bowl player, second-team All-Pro in Atlanta after he had left Cincinnati. And he was coming out of that rookie contract. But then you think about some of the older players who signed last year, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster was a kind of a disaster in New England, signed a big deal. Dalvin Cook, the former Viking, of course, signs with the Jets for $7 bucks and ends up with 214 rushing yards and gets released after 15 games, ends up in Baltimore. So, again, the older free agents, it's really buyer beware on those guys. And I, I think there are several players that fall in that category this year. I'm thinking about guys like Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, Mike Evans in Tampa Bay, the receiver, Chris Jones in Kansas City, who it sounds like the Chiefs are not going to franchise, that they're probably going to franchise Jadarius Sneed. And and so uh, Chris Jones may hit the market, and he'll be looking for Aaron Donald's $31 million a year deal. So I think, and certainly we're also in the midst of, of the franchise tag season, as we've talked about. The, the Bengals already said they're franchising T. Higgins, the wide receiver, the Colts are going to probably franchise Michael Pittman. I'm sure Josh Allen, the edge rusher in Jacksonville, Brian Burns in Carolina. There's there's a ton of guys. Jalen Johnson, Bears corner. I mentioned 
Legereus Sneed, um, Antoine Winfield Jr., the ex, ex-gopher. So those guys will, will probably be franchised. Other philosophy, Jim, don't sign free agents who have a significant injury history to lucrative deals. The Vikings got bit by Marcus Davenport last year. Even uh, even uh, Byron Murphy, who had an injury issue in Arizona the year before they signed him as their big corner signing last year, that he ends up getting hurt the last three games. That hurt the team. Guys like Jimmy Garofalo, Odell Beckham last year, these older players, it's a, it's just a big injury risk. That's a definite buyer beware. A guy like Tyron Smith in Dallas, I think is a guy that 33 years old, but he's missed so many games, many time all pro, but he's a big injury risk. So we've got to be careful with those guys. I think we talked a little last week. Don't let the current players talk you into signing their former teammates. Aaron Rodgers did that last year with Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard. Both were a disaster at the Jets. And now Bakhtiari, his former left tackle, is is almost assuredly going to be released by the Packers so they can save a, about $21 million under the cap. And the Packers only have $10 million of cap room, even with this increase. So I'm sure the Bakhtiari is going to be freed up and is Rogers going to, going to push for him. He's already pushing for Devonte Adams <laughs> and, and the Raiders said, no, no, he's not going anywhere. And, and I, and I say as my final watchword for free agency, make sure a potential free agent signing fits your system. And the prime example historically was Albert Hainsworth in Tennessee, who we had drafted when I was with the Titans he was a, a first-team All-Pro, Pro Bowl defensive tackle, playing in a 4-3. And then he signed, after I had left the Titans, he signed as a free agent with Washington in 2009 on a seven-year, $100 million deal that their former owner, Daniel Snyder, pushed hard for because it was an ego trip for Snyder to sign the big free agent. And Hainsworth never fit the 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 system in Washington, they were running a three, four. They wanted him to play the nose and he didn't want to play the nose and be double teamed every play. And so he ends up only lasting two years there. They paid him 40 some million dollars for two years, just a, a horrible free agent signing. So again, make sure that the free agent fits your system. No doubt about it. All right. Next topics up quarterbacks, 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 uh, player association rankings, and more quarterbacks. First, though, we want to let you know we're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio, and we want to thank White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. Yeah, thanks, Jim. The White Bear Lake Superstore, Buick GMC, my longtime friend, owner, Paul Rubin, general manager, Charlie Guttrell, their fantastic staff, Minnesota's number one volume, Buick GMC dealer, six years running, with the best selection in their super-friendly premium team. Check out their great website, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. And you will see 0.9% APR plus $2,750 purchase allowance and an additional $750 on 2023 Buick Envisions, 0.9% APR and $1,500 purchase allowance on 2024 GMC Terrains, plus no monthly payments for 90 days on these great vehicles, $6,500 off MSRP or 0.9% APR on new 2023 Buick Enclaves. And you can save up to five thousand dollars on new 2024 Sierra 1500 Denali's lease specials on 2024 Hummer EVs. The Wiper Lake Superstore is the Quigley 4x4 van superstore. They are a certified elite dealer 
Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut. Visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at whitebearlakesuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Thanks also to Platinum Bank. Happy to talk about our great sponsor, Platinum Bank. Is your bank a partner or simply a provider? In today's environment, businesses and individuals need a bank that can move quickly and act creatively. Platinum Bank understands the Twin Cities market, partnering with clients to overcome the challenges, capitalize on opportunities, and helping Twin Cities executives to grow their businesses. Platinum Bank's financial products are tailored to meet the unique needs of your organization and solve your problems, not create them. I am a very happy Platinum Bank client and account holder, have personally experienced tremendous customer service, working with Executive VP Nate Erfer and VP Drew Lynch. To learn how Platinum Bank can be an asset to your business, visit www.platinumbankmn.com. Platinum Bank, providing a means to a dream. So, uh, Kirk Cousins is posting workout videos. Not surprising. Uh, you know, he's going to put himself in the best possible position. Vikings are requesting interviews with the top quarterbacks, including Caleb Williams. Uh, where are you on the current quarterback market, both draft and free agent? Do you see any new developments that, that mean anything to you? Well, I thought it was interesting that Kirk did that, but not surprising, as you said. He knows how to market himself. He's an expert on free agency, <laughs> having been franchised a couple times in Washington and parlays that into the $84 million three-year guaranteed deal with the Vikings in 2018. And and now he hits free agency again at age 35, but coming off the Achilles. And so, yeah, he wants to show that that he's made great progress. Kevin O'Connell said all the right things, and so did Quasi in Indianapolis about Cousins and about their desire to resign him, which, as we've talked incessantly about, I think is a, a really important thing for the team. Uh, even though we know that cap-wise, to sign Cousins for $45 million or so a year for the next two to three years isn't the best approach cap-wise, but with the cap rising as much as it has, I think that that gives them the wherewithal to do it. And just bringing back Cousins just makes the most sense to me compared to letting him go, taking that $28.5 million dead money hit this year, and then drafting a quarterback in the first round. Yeah, you may get J.J. McCarthy at number 11. You're not going to get Caleb Williams, Drake May, or Jaden Daniels. And I think it's too, too expensive in terms of draft collateral to trade up in the top three to get one of those guys who are probably going to go one, two, three, almost for sure. So if the Vikings are sitting at 11, maybe they move up a little bit to 10 or nine and try to grab a McCarthy. I think Penix Jr. uh, from, from Washington is going to, going to maybe hang around a little later, first round, early second round, same with Bo Nix, but McCarthy's getting a little bit of buzz now. And, and a lot of, a lot of, I think the the street talk is that he could go around the Vikings pick and perhaps I think Denver's right behind the Vikings and, and they're perhaps interested in him if they let Russell Wilson go, which is for sure going to happen. It seems that he and Sean Payton are not on the same page anymore. So, but I think just in terms of the first round quarterbacks, it just makes sense. This is a really good year. The Vikings are in a position that they haven't been as high in the draft for a while, even though they were a couple of years ago, they traded out of that spot. But now at number 11, it just makes sense to me 
re-sign Cousins, uh, give him a couple guaranteed years, draft him. McCarthy is only 20 years old. Give him a couple of years to develop under o- under O'Connell. And I think that's I think that could be the best scenario for the team. And then you still got your second round pick where you you can add some help at edge rusher or at corner. Uh, you've got other draft picks, and they need to do a better job hitting on those late round picks, uh, as as other teams in their own division have done in recent years. And and I think that's the way that the Vikings can get this thing back on track, even though they're even last year, as we've said, they were not far off. If they had cousins, they would have been a playoff team. But the goal is to be a Super Bowl team or a Super Bowl contender. And to do that, it, it starts with the quarterback. I think Cousins gives them the best chance to be competitive, to be a playoff team in 2024 and 2025, and then turn over the reins to a younger guy. But it certainly could end up that they maybe draft that edge rusher this year, especially if all of a sudden they lose Hunter. Then it, it may change their thinking, and maybe at that point, they say, okay, we're going to draft an edge rusher in the first round. We're going to re-sign Wanham, and, and we're going to then go quarterback in the second round and maybe trade up in the second round to get Bo Nix or Penix or whatever. McCarthy, I don't think, will be there. So uh, there are a lot of ways to do it, and I, I think it's really fascinating, Jim, and, and I know that you wrote that, that story, uh, that, the column back in December for the Star Trib, which I kind of stole some of your thoughts in my 33rd team piece this week. And, but I did credit you. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> for the research. I steal, I yeah, steal from you sure. all the time but, and credit you whenever you, uh, you uh, give me information. So that I appreciate that. Well, for sure. But the, the great point that you made in that story, which was just fascinating was, was the, the vast difference in approach among AFC teams and NFC teams in terms of, of starting quarterbacks. And, and so when we analyzed it and you did it and I did it, and you looked at, for example, the divisional playoffs this year in the AFC, all four 2023 divisional round teams had a star caliber starting quarterback. They drafted in the first round, Mahomes, Jackson, Josh Allen, and CJ Stroud. And then you, you can add to that mix guys. You talked about Joe Burrow, Tagovailoa, Herbert, Herbert, Trevor. These are all guys who were first-round picks and a lot of high first-round picks who are now franchise quarterbacks at their teams in the AFC. And and you could even toss in Deshaun Watson to the mix, even though I, I can't stand Deshaun Watson, but he was the number 12 pick in 2017 by Houston. He'd probably still be in Houston if he hadn't had his off-field uh, issues. And and the Steelers had a were a playoff team last year or this year, past year, and Kenny Pickett was a first round pick and the starter until he sprained his ankle. Then you look at the NFC, as you pointed out, and as I kind of expounded on, the only starting quarterback who was a first round pick among the divisional round teams this year was Jordan Love, and it took him four years to get that starting job. Brock Purdy, seventh round pick, Baker Mayfield was a free agent signee playing on his fourth team for Tampa Bay. Jared Goff, a former first-rounder with the Rams, but fell out of favor there, gets traded to Detroit. And then you look at the other playoff quarterbacks on the NFC side, Jalen Hurts, second round, Dak Prescott, fourth round. Matt Safford was a first-rounder in Detroit, was traded to L.A. Geno Smith, 
uh, was a second round pick of the of the Jets. He, he was a, a playoff quarterback in 2022, and Kirk Cousins, a playoff quarterback in 2022, a former fourth round pick of Washington. So the only other quarterback who was a first round pick in the playoffs the last couple of years was Daniel Jones at the Giants. And then, by the way, thrown to the mix, that guy named Tom Brady and who went to Tampa Bay. He was a former sixth round pick of New England, as we all, of course, famously know. <laughs> yes, yes, no doubt about it. Um, so, so I think the point is, you can get you can get your starting quarterback in the first round. It certainly can help cap wise compared to signing a Cousins in free agency for forty five million. But the point is that it doesn't have to be a first-round quarterback. It could be Brock Purdy in the seventh round. It could be Jalen Hurts in the second round. Drew Brees was a second rounder. Joe Montana, third rounder. Russell Wilson, third rounder. Doesn't have to be a first-round pick. And when you look at those possible first-round quarterbacks this year, and I'm talking really all six guys, Williams, May, Daniels, McCarthy, Penix Jr., and Knicks, because the last three could be first-round picks or early second-round picks, you look at that group of six quarterbacks, History tells us, Jim, half those guys are going to be busts. And and we're talking about even going back historically, Ryan Leaf, Mitch Trubisky, Zach Wilson were all number two overall picks who are rightfully labeled NFL busts. Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen were top ten picks, didn't pan out for the drafting teams. Maybe Zach Wilson emerges somewhere else like Mayfield did at some point, but I don't think it's going to be with the Jets. So uh, the point is, it's nice to draft that quarterback in the first round or second round or whatever and have a great salary cap situation for at least three years. And that's what the Bears are considering with Caleb Williams versus trading Justin Fields. But it, it's great if, if it works. If they're true franchise quarterbacks, it's great. Otherwise, it can turn into a, a real disaster for a team. No doubt. Uh, we're going to continue this month to get into free agency draft intrigue. We're going to talk more about the quarterbacks who each of us like. I definitely already have some strong opinions on who I think is going to be really good and who might be a bust. Uh, last topic for today's show, though, uh, player association, NFL player association ratings come out. The uh, Vikings, who were number one in terms of, uh, you know, player comfort and taking care of players, however you want to put it, culture, uh, they're number two this year, and guess who was last? Bill Belichick's Patriots. Basically, players ripped the heck out of the way he treated them, the way he uh, talked to them, the facilities. Uh, fascinating to see when when things started sliding for Bill, they went downhill real fast. Yeah, they, they did, and certainly he's still a fa- fantastic historic coach with six, six Super Bowl titles or whatever, but yeah, it just... I think the Bill Belichick approach to coaching just doesn't carry the day compared to you look at, I think that survey, the number one rated coach I thought was Kevin (laughs) O'Connell in terms of how he treats his players in terms of the feedback that he allows them to give them the input that he allows them to give him. And I, I think that stems from him being a young coach, a former player. And he definitely has kind of emphasized that in his time here in Minnesota and and says the right things, has done the right things, Uh, even though some of his play calls may be questioned over time, especially last season, but not so much in 2022, as we know. But I I think a lot of the, that great rating they get is, is also because of the facility. Yes. It's just such, such an unbelievably great 
practice facility and and team headquarters and the, the practice fields and the indoor facility there and, and just everything that's happening out at Viking Lakes. And I think to, for that, you have to credit the Wilfs with, with their commitment and their investment in the team. And they didn't have to go out and build that practice facility with TCO Stadium there where high school teams can play and the team and the Vikings can hold a preseason scrimmage that's, that's, that's full of fans. They invested that money in the team, in that facility, and I think that's the major reason why they're so highly rated. Yes, I also give them credit for allowing the Minnesota Aurora to play them as a play there as a startup. It really boosted the Aurora into kind of a, a great national story. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I think they're doing a lot of things right out there. All right, next week, again, we'll get into quarterback intrigue, draft intrigue. Jeff and I will tell you what we think of some of the quarterback prospects coming out will update you on any other nfl news going on uh for today we'll get a final thought from jeff on anything he likes today once again thanks to aquarius home services white bear lake superstore platinum bank and thank you for listening jeff any final thoughts yeah i think my final thought is uh and i'm gonna go a little different direction here than our usual nfl focus and biking sure. focus i'm gonna talk a little bit about the caitlin clark phenomenon yeah. and what's hap- happening in women's sports in college I think it's just fantastic, and my, my daughter was was a, a high school basketball player, point guard down in Nashville, and I got to, to know Pat Summit down there uh, in her time as a, a just a great person, first class coach, and a great program at Tennessee. But in those days, the the, the Lady Vols they would sell out down at, at, at uh, in Knoxville on, on many occasions, but around the country it was very rare and. Certainly there was no NIL in those days. So the Shamika holds clause of the days and, and the great players of Tennessee couldn't benefit the way Caitlin Clark and Paige Beckers can. But it's just it's just amazing to watch the talent level of, of some of these players. And and Caitlin last night, she she makes her first five shots with all the pressure of a sold out Williams Arena and all the fans coming up from Iowa. And she's trying to break a historic record of women's scoring. And she goes out and makes her first five shots and four more threes. And they're deep threes. It was just amazing to watch. And I'm, I'm a big Paige Beckers fan, fan. My family is because our, our kids went to Hopkins where she went. Uh, but just this whole phenomenon of, of women's college basketball is, is incredible. And I think I know the Big Ten men's tournaments here coming up soon. I think the women's tournament is here too, right? It is. Yes. Yeah. So what an exciting time for the city and for women's college basketball. Just, just a great, great time. And, and hopefully the Gopher women's will get up to, up to par because they got kind of hammered last night. <laughs> they, they did. They, I think we've seen Mara Brown was having a good season, uh, yes. but I don't think she was having as good a season as she's capable of having. But when, when they lost her, it was over. I mean, she, I think we saw that even though she wasn't having, you know, maybe the, the high end offensive season she will be capable of, just how much she held that team together. And they, they need her back desperately. Yeah, definitely true. She was, she was definitely a big loss for them. And, and so, yeah, so we'll, it'll be kind of fun to, to watch uh, as, as the tournament comes here, uh, the Big Ten women's and men's basketball tournaments. And, I, and I'm also happy for Ben Johnson and the Gopher men's program to be playing well and, and be competitive. And they've obviously got a lot of work to do to make the NCAA tournament in these last, whatever, four games in the Big Ten tournament. But he he's turned that program around too. 
no doubt, from two and seventeen. They they were two and seventeen. They lost the best recruit they've ever had. They lost their probably their second best player to another conference team, and then they're in the bubble uh, conversation the next year. That no matter what happens, it's a it's a complete transformation. Yeah, for sure. Good stuff, Jeff. I appreciate it. We'll talk next week. Uh, Jeff and I are probably going to do a show early next week because I'm traveling late in the week, so we will uh, catch up on all the developments. We do appreciate you listening. Check out TalkNorth.com. Subscribe to any show you like.